There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Lead with Empower podcast is back. Season three is just rolling along strong, and I have a good feeling we're going to keep that momentum going today with this episode. We have Mr. Zach Hoffman joining us. Zach is the founder and CEO of Swiss Army Leadership. He's also an author, uh, feeling, uh, finding the good life as a Swiss Army leader. He's a former professional football player overseas in Europe. He's got a great story, a great set of experiences that we're going to dive into today. Really excited to introduce Mr. Zach Hoffman. He leads with Empower. Zach, how are you today, man? Great, Dan. Really appreciate you having me. I'm excited to be here and excited to get talking to you about some leadership topics. Oh, absolutely, man. I appreciate you taking some time to do it. And you have uh, a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a road trip, but a, a little bit of a trip ahead of you, right? Tomorrow? <laughs> correct. Correct. Uh, flying back to Europe, back to Austria. Uh, it's going to be an adjustment definitely with that time zone. I've gotten used to the California weather and the, <laughs> the Pacific time zone. So I'm sure I'll have some jet lag when I get back. But um, yeah, I've really enjoyed my time here. But going back to the cold mountains of Austria. <laughs> yep, yep, get those layers ready, my friend. <laughs> right. That's how long how have you been out west in California for? So I've been here about a month. Um, I usually do that once a year. I come see my family. Uh, my family is based here now. I'm from Pittsburgh originally. Uh, however, my sister moved out here uh, about two years ago, and she has two little girls now along with my mother. And so it's good to see them and go to the beach and just kind of enjoy family time for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, definitely uh, wish you safe travels, obviously, and uh, really excited to hear your story here today. So, hey, just um, kind of the elevator pitch. Tell us a little bit about Swiss Army leadership. Yeah. So Swiss Army leadership is, it's a metaphor. I use a Swiss Army knife to, to describe how we as leaders need to need to act in the modern world as far as being diverse and adjusting to different cultures and different types of people. So essentially the Swiss army knife, it's diverse and in, in its tasks that it can do. And I believe we as leaders also have to be diverse and, and adaptable. So that's essentially the, the idea behind it. Awesome. Awesome. And how, how uh, you're the founder and the CEO of Swiss army leadership. How long has uh, SWA been, been around for? Well, it's pretty new. It's been around about two, two and a half years now. So essentially this started, uh, you know, my Swiss Army leadership started from my book. So I got this idea to write this book based on my experiences. And, uh, you know, as I was writing the book, I said, wow, I can really turn this into something I can, you know, teach and share my experiences with others. So it's relatively new. Uh, however, I'm hoping big things are coming in the future. Uh, absolutely. And and based on our, our previous kind of pre-podcast recording uh, Zoom call that we had, I, I the effort's going to be there. That I can say with confidence, and I think you have a good thing going here. So wishing you the best of luck. And we're going to learn a little bit more, quite a bit more, actually, about Swiss Army leadership as we get into the episode. You mentioned the book. Great mm -hmm. segue. It's like we've been planning this thing out here. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little yeah, bit works. about fi finding the good life as a Swiss Army leader. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So essentially this book is, is a book written in multiple countries. Like I, I've been in six different countries. I've lived there, you know, that including the United States and essentially, like I said before, the Swiss army knife, I use it as a metaphor and the tools that I use, I have nine tools that I use. Um, and the center of it is the personal foundation. So that's we as people, that's we as, you know, how we were brought up as, as young people in our atmosphere that, that we grew up in. And then the tools that I use, I use nine of them. Um, they are how we, you know, the resources and the have to develop in order to relate to others. So I use things such as communication, relating, calling cards, which I can explain too in a little bit, observing, challenging, all these things that we have to do as leaders, uh, especially in, you know, multicultural environments that get lost. You know, it's so easy to assume that the way we were brought up and the way we grew up is the only way. Uh, however, it's not until you step outside of your, of your own realm, I guess I would say, where you realize, wow, okay, you know, the way I grew up, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's effective, but it's not the only way. And maybe for other cultures, it's not as effective. Yeah. And so just taking the time to really observe and learn about other cultures is something that I learned. And, you know, throughout the book, I reference various experiences where, when I've worked with young athletes, uh, for example, in Italy, I, and, uh, I remember this, like it was yesterday. You know, I, I came from Germany and then I, uh, and I went to Italy and the difference in the culture is so different uh, between those two countries. And I noticed the kids I was coaching in Italy, I couldn't be the hardcore coach, you know, kind of demanding from them. I had to have a more of a laid back uh, mindset because they just weren't used to being, you know, coached like that. However, yeah. in Germany, it was more acceptable. Uh, that's something I had to learn along the way. Um, I remember I was... I was uh, a couple of my players, they were, you know, acting up in practice in Italy. And I told them, hey, we got to run sprints. We got to, you know, this doesn't work like this. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, okay, wow, okay, that's probably not the best thing to do. So it's just, you know, taking the time to observe and realize that, hey, maybe I was effective coaching or leading this way in one environment. However, when I enter a new environment, there's going to be an adjustment that has to take place. And that's essentially what this book is about. Those adjustments that I learned along the way, along with uh, developing my personal foundation, growing as a person and developing more skills in order to relate to people and earn their respect. Because I believe in the end of the day, the most important thing is to earn people's respect. When you can earn someone's respect, then, you know, they're going to take pride in not letting you down. And as a leader, I feel like that's the ultimate, that's, that's the treasure, I guess yeah. we could say. When you have the respect of your following, um, you know, opportunities are endless. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and um, we, we will include information about, um, you know, learning more about Swiss Army leadership and the book. We'll make sure the website's in the show notes. Uh, so for those of you that are listening, and if your interest is peaked, which mine definitely is, um, we'll make sure you know how to check it out. And then, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me from our initial conversation last week, and, and you touched on it again today, is the idea that um, and really, you know, where this podcast came from, it, there's not a one size fits all solution in leadership, right? And the people that you are attempting to lead and the environment and the cultural factors, all that stuff plays into, um, you know, your effectiveness as a leader. So really excited to get into more of that. And, you know, what a great time for for you to author this book and to start this company, uh, especially here in the States, um, which is where I am. Um, there's been issues with 
people not coming together and people being disrespected and treated poorly. And, 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 and it's, it's great to see that you're taking that route of, Hey, just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong or it's scary. It's just different. <laughs> and, and, and absolutely learn and open your you know eyes and ears a little bit and your heart. Um, you'll find that, you know, even though there are differences, people aren't that different at the end of the day. Exactly. That's exactly right. And th- that, that, that's exactly it. Um, we're people, we're humans, just, yep. you know, regardless of where we come from. And, you know, we all have, we're all emotional beings. And I feel like a lot of leaders, you know, they have to display toughness. And there are times where you're going to have to be tough and yep. you're going to have to, you know, fight through it for the betterment of the group and not show your vulnerability. However, you, got, you can't forget that you're a human as well and you're an emotional being. And often what I, from my experience is a lot of time when you show your vulnerability and you let that known to your following, they're more open to, you know, to, to telling, you know, telling them about yourself. And it's more of a opportunity where it's like a mutual benefit where you're not just leading them, but they're, you're also becoming, you know, a mentor. Yeah. And I believe mentorship is part of leadership. And so don't hide from my experiences. I learned it's not, don't be afraid to, you know, you know, show your emotions because there are times when it'd be necessary and it will be effective as far as, you know, your, your followers, you know, coming to you. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree a hundred percent. And like the, the importance of the, you know, building relationships and leadership is, is massive and it's, it transcends everything and it's bigger than anything because without the relationships, you might be effective in a, a small bubble, but over the long haul, you're not going to get there. And the only true way to build those relationships is through authenticity, which you touched on. Be you, be yourself, show your, your pluses and your minuses and and be proud of them and, you know, work hard to continue the pluses and improve the minuses, but um, embrace who you are, be authentic about it. You'll build the relationships that allow you to mentor, to lead and to bring the best out of the people around you, which is huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, another part of the book, that, you know, I kind of, this is a huge part of it, I say, is leave a legacy. And by legacy, I think most people think, okay, accomplish a lot of things, um, you know, you know, have a lot of accolades, you know, earn a lot of money, whatever that is. But for me, that's not what a legacy is. A legacy is a lasting impact. Mm-hmm. And in order to make that lasting impact, you have to have a connection with people. Because in the end of the day, you know, we all realize this, but I don't think we realize it enough is that we're here on this earth for a very short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, and when we really can grasp that, we can understand what's truly important. And in the end of the day, people aren't going to care how much money we made, how much accolades we have. They're going to remember, oh, how was interaction with that person? And I believe that the way, you know, as effective leaders, you know, it's really important that we understand the importance of our interactions with others and our legacy because that legacy carries on. And so I believe that we're not just in this for ourselves. We're not just on this earth for ourselves. We're, 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 we're setting an example for future generations. And that's a big part of the book as well. And something I realized, and it's not easy to realize, and it's easy to say, but you know, when real life hits you, it's not easy to do because we all have our problems and things we go through. Um, However, that's something I really focused on is, in my life is leaving a legacy for others to follow. I want to be remembered as a person who leaded, who led in a way that others can use an example to lead in their lives. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great point. And to, you know, any of, especially the younger leaders, whether you be a student or, or maybe a young professional, I think, you know, what Zach just touched on, it's, 
the impact that you can have on other people. And, and a lot of times in our eyes or in our minds, it's a very small or insignificant gesture that to the other person on the receiving end, it's, it's bigger than that. And, it, and, and so it's, sure. it's important to, you know, watch what you say, how you say it, who you say it to, because you never know what sort of impact you're going to leave behind. And, and, and the goal is to, you know, I, I don't know if anybody wakes up with the goal of being miserable towards people all day, but, but sometimes our actions take us there. So if we just kind of really look back and, Hey, what small thing can I do today for somebody else? And before you know it, you'll, you'll, you'll have this legacy of helping, nurturing, supporting, mentoring, leading, inspiring, empowering, as opposed to miserable. I know which side of the, the coin I want to fall on. I, know, I don't know about <laughs> you, Zach. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. You know, we all, I think, and like you said, we all kind of know that's what we want. However, when the real world hits us, you know, a lot, oftentimes our reactions are different because we're, what I've seen, and this is everywhere in the world, we, we react, we're very short-term. We want short-term results. We want quick results. Yeah. And when you, when you have that mindset, it's hard to think in the, okay, how, what am I leaving behind? It's hard to think like that because you're trying to survive now. You want to make it, you want to make an impact now, but it, it's so easy to get lost in that, you know, that short-term mindset. And, uh, that's something i we all fight with. And, um, however, at the end of the day, like, like you just said too, um, how we treat people is going to be how we're remembered. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, we have to keep that in mind. No, hundred percent. And so you've already heard Zach touch on how his experiences, you know, allowed him to, um, you know, create this book, which is um, finding the good life as an SWA leader, um, and his experience are unique. So, you're from the Pittsburgh area. Tell us a little bit about you know your upbringing. You know some of the things that you were involved with, and you know maybe interject a couple times. You know some of the the leadership lessons you took from family, your experience in sport, your academic experiences from young Zach through college. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a lot. Um, you know, as, as a lot of American young, young kids growing up, I was very into sports. I played multiple sports growing up, football, baseball, basketball were my main three. Um, and you know, I really took the football. Uh, I, I remember as a little kid, I would watch uh, Monday night football and I would put on the Jersey of whatever team was playing and I would kind of act out the game on my couch. And, and so I, I, I was just a lover of the game of football and, and, uh, I grew up being a quarterback. I know yourself, uh, and like all kids, I wanted to go to the NFL. That was my main dream. Um, and so my main goal was to get to the NFL. Um, and despite me, you know, being a 5'10", 175-pound guy, <laughs> I still thought this, and I still was convinced that I would find a way to do this. Um, and so I, I, that's what I committed my life to. You know, I played other sports, but like I said, football was my main, my main goal. Um, and so I get up to high school. Um, you know, I had a decent career in high school, uh, was able to start. Um, and then I went to college, you know, I was at a deep division two school in, yeah. in Ohio called Lake Erie. Um, and it was, it, it hit me because I, I was at this school and it finally hit me that I wasn't going to go to the NFL. It, it just kind of hit me in the face and it scared the crap out of me, to be honest, because I didn't have a plan B. I didn't have a plan B and I knew that I loved the game of football, but I wasn't doing it for the love of the game. I was doing it for to reach at the highest level which you know i wasn't going to achieve so i i remember this as clear as day to me i was sitting in my dorm room alone 
after a game and the lights were off, I was a, I was a sophomore. And I just, I remember saying to myself, I need a change in my life. This isn't, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing right now. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. So I said, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to get out of this situation. So I decided to go home for a semester, start working, uh, go to community college. So during this time, I had gotten a conversation with my mother who at the time would go back and forth from Europe to the United States to work. And she had told me, hey, I'm going to Europe for a month. I need to work. I need to have a few conferences. And I said, Europe, what, what's that? I had I honestly no idea. I was so Americanized, I guess you could say. <laughs> and, uh, and this kind of got me thinking, okay, so there is more out there, but I didn't think anything of it. And then, you know, as, as a young kid, I'd like to play Madden, a football game. And at the time, yeah, and the old Maddens, they had the, the German, like the, uh, the European teams also in the, you can choose from them, like uh, the Brown Schweik Lions, the Hamburg Sea Devils, these teams. And so it got me thinking, huh, there's football in Europe? Because, you know, obviously these teams were from Europe. So then I started to get more curious and I started doing some research. And I found a, a website where, you know, American players can, you know, post their highlights and profiles. And, you know, you know, if a team wants them, they can offer them to come over to Europe. So I just filled out a profile, put my film up, didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Two weeks later, a coach writes me and he says, hey, do you want to come to Poland? And I was like, Poland where? Ohio? Is it? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I – and so this was something that, you know, I thought to myself, you know, Obviously, at it, it, it it start, I was like, no, I can't do this. But then I remembered that moment sitting in my dorm room when I said, I need a change. And I knew that this was going to be a huge change for me. And so I sat down a little bit with myself, thought about it, told my parents I was going. Obviously, they weren't too, too, too upbeat about it as well, just because, you know, it was so spontaneous. Like within a week, I come home from school and then two weeks later, I'm going to, to Europe. <laughs> and I honestly say that moment changed my life. Um, cause I, when I got to Poland, um, you know, it's not the most, uh, appeasing country I can say, but it, it really showed me the world from, yeah. from an outside perspective. And it really, you know, kind of fueled my passion to want more of this. And so from that experience, I said, okay, how can I, how can I go for, for two years, three years? And that's kind of what kickstarted my career in football and, and coaching. Um, just that little decision I made in my dorm room that one day. Um, and oftentimes I think back of how different my life would be if I would have just stayed in school, got my degree, started working afterwards. Um, and it would have been a totally different. Um, however, I'm so thankful for the experiences that has given me because it's allowed me to develop this leadership concept to meet so many people around the world, to learn new languages. And really, I feel like, you know, I'm 29, uh, I'm not getting any younger, but I feel like I've lived the life of a, of a 55 year old, 60 year old. Cause I, I feel like my experiences, I'm just so thankful for them. And, uh, I know that me making that decision as a young college student is the reason. And despite adversity I've been through, like we've all been through and there has been a lot, you know, I know it's without, you know, without this adversity, I wouldn't have been able to write this book to reach and, you know, mentor so many young kids, young athletes in Europe, which I've had, which I've done. And so it's just been an amazing experience. Um, obviously not the same one I, I wanted as being an NFL player uh, and not the direction I thought I would go. But, you know, I think that 
you know, I, I found what my destiny was, and that was to not be a professional athlete, but to mentor young people. Love it. And so I'm really thankful for that. No, that's that's awesome. Um, you know, and we're gonna get into in a, in a moment here some some more specifics about the experiences in football in Europe, uh, which I'm excited to hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, from a at you know playing standpoint and from a, a coaching standpoint. Um, before we do though, one of the one of the definitions or sub-definitions of leadership that we uh, you know talk about with you know at Empower Leadership is the idea of leadership of self. So that internal ability to coach through challenge, adversity, fear, and temptation, and that choice of leaving college and then you know hopping on a plane to Poland uh, for the first time is absolutely a leadership of self challenge. Uh, or both of them are leadership leadership of self challenges. If you can kind of take us through your, you know, what was going on in your mental real estate at those moments of big decisions, because decision-making is a, is a quality of a leader and, you know, not every decision is easy to make. Um, tell us a little bit about as much as you can remember kind of where you were at from a head headspace standpoint and, you know, what allowed you to make the decision confidently? or the decisions yeah. confidently? Yeah, that's a great question. And like you said, leading yourself, I've come to learn that that's, that's so important. And oftentimes we want to lead our, we lead others before we can lead ourselves in our own lives and it doesn't work. And I, and I learned that the hard way. However, like you said, um, I would say, you know, make as making this decision, like I told you before, I knew that I needed a change. I didn't know what that change was. Um, I guess one of my biggest fears, even as a young person, was to go through life and be irrelevant. And I don't mean that people are irrelevant. I just mean not have a, an impact or a say in, you know, in the world and making the world a better place. And so I would say at the time I was a 20 year old, 20 year old kid who was lost. You know, I was, I, I just lost my dream of uh, playing in the NFL. I had no backup plan. Um, I had no real hobbies either. And so it was really a time where I was in a dangerous state. Um, you know, mentally, because I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I was working a construction job and I knew that's not what I wanted to do. Um, and so I had kind of the feeling of butterflies, you know, you have butterflies before a football game or, or whatever, a concert or whatever you do. I had the feeling of butterflies before I made this decision. However, I kind of just told myself, Hey, if you don't do this, this opportunity probably won't ever come again. Yeah. Because once you start your life and once you, you know, get your degree or whatever, then life starts. And I knew that I had to do this for myself because I knew if I didn't make this decision down the road, I would regret it and I would wonder. And thank God I did make that decision. Um, and so it, at the time, like I said, I was, I was very unstable and, and just kind of no direction. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I try to tell, I, I try to, you know, tell them the, the young athletes I work with is, Hey, sports are great, but have a ba- have a plan B, have a hobby that you could fall back on. Because it's great to want to go to the NFL. It's, it's it's great. You should try that. You should do it at 150. percent But when it doesn't work out, have something that can fall back on and be passionate about, and carry that same passion over. Yeah. And I didn't have that, uh, and so I just encourage young people to really understand the importance of that, um, yeah. and just to to be to be open minded. Um, and so that's something that I feel like I went through in order to, you know, hopefully, uh, educate young people throughout, through my experience. 
No, that's great. And it's a great message uh, of one, the, the open-mindedness and being aware of, you know, the opportunities that fly by on a daily basis that, you know, oftentimes our heads down and we don't even see them. Um, and, and, and two, that idea of, you know, you know, setting that goal and it might be a professional athlete, it might be being a doctor or whatever it might be, but, you know, know that, you know, if you fall short, it's important to have some sort of option, something else that you, you know, you can be passionate about and that'll really inspire you to be the best you over the course of the long haul. You know, everybody knows in sport, you know, at some point in most sport, at least at some point, your body doesn't work like it used to. Yes. <laughs> and and exactly. it, it ends, you know, unless you're Tom and then we'll, we'll keep him <laughs> out of the episode besides that yeah. little shout out right there. All right. <laughs> Pittsburgh guy, you're not supposed to bring him up. Come on. I, I can't. I, it is what it is. I can't even deny it anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> he's, he's broken my heart many times as a Steeler fan. But. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, this. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about this. So you, you're part of the Polish League of American Football. You spend some time in the French Federation of American Football, mm-hmm. German Football League. Talk, how different was the game? Yeah. I mean, obviously, as you can imagine, it's pretty different. Um, you know, obviously, it's so funny to me because uh, a lot of times when American American coaches come over as well to coach, yep. and they bring their same mentality as an American coach, and they bring it over to Europe. However, unfortunately, you know, these kids aren't going to class. This is a hobby for a lot of these people. Yeah, um, Practice is twice a week. Sometimes you'll show up to practice, and there'll be 10, 10 11 people there. And so <laughs> what do you do? What do you do as a coach? And, and, and it, it, you have to be, you have to be able to adapt. Um, and so it's definitely different. Obviously you have some, you have some great athletes over there, but they're raw, most of them. Um, and at the same time, the level is just not as high. So what I realized really quick is that, you know, obviously you're brought over there to perform and, and you know, help the team win, but you're brought over there to teach and be a, a teacher of the game and someone these athletes can, can learn from. So it's almost you're like a player and coach in a, a lot of times. Um, and so obviously in Europe, most people don't know it's football is growing there a lot. And there's in Germany, there's over, I think, 400 teams now. I mean, wow. so it's 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 yeah, it's not it's not a small thing anymore. Obviously, it's not at the level that soccer is, but um, growing every year. But however, it's definitely not on the same level playing field wise as it is in the States. Um but, you know, we, we as athletes, you know, who don't make it to the professional level in the United States, I think it's an amazing opportunity to, to go over there and develop your people skills. Yeah. Um, however, at the start, you know, you, you go up for me, at least I went over there as a young 20 year old. I wanted to, you know, score five touchdowns a game, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's great. But at the same time, you quickly learn that, okay, there's more to this. Um, I, my purpose is bigger than this. Uh, and so that's something that I really, I, it took me a few years in Europe to really understand that. I think after my time in France, I really started to realize, okay, which was in 2013. Uh, so I was 22 at the time. I said, okay, I see these kids coming up to me at practice, asking me to do extra drills with them, asking me to throw them some balls, asking me to teach them how to throw a ball. So I was like, okay, these kids are doing this for a reason. They want to learn. And it's my job to you know teach them what I know. And oh, that's great. beginning, it was more like, let's go on the field, let's play. However, my mentality changed so much within three or four years after being in Europe, I understood that there's much more to it. Um, so 
I would, I would encourage you though, if you're ever in Europe, go see a football game. It's really an amazing experience. There's a lot of teams. They, they call it their game day. So at the game they have, you know, there's like some teams have thousands of fans, you know, they have, you know, stand set up. It's really a great atmosphere and it will really, you know, help you appreciate the, the game um, at an, on a, on a different level. Yeah. Um, but so I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, for me, it's just a, an opportunity to, to, you know, use my platform to help young people learn the game of football and learn through my experiences. What uh, were you, and were you under center playing quarterback over there as well? Yeah, I was, I was, so here's the thing. Yeah, I was, I was playing quarterback. Uh, we were always from the shotgun. So the offense are more, are more you'd be surprised. There's more spread offenses now too. So that whole mentality of the spread offense is carried over into Europe, mostly because you have American coaches there too. However, I will say most of the teams uh, who, who, who can afford it and have the finances, they, they bring an American quarterback over yep. because a lot of times the level of the European quarterbacks aren't, you know, aren't there yet. However, yep. it's growing. Actually, this past year, the first German-born quarterback got a scholarship to TCU. Wow. So, yeah, so it's it's growing, and, and it's getting better, and it's good to see uh, football going global. And uh, it's a, because, you know, if, if when I first went over there in 2012 to Europe, football was like – it was like a foreign language. You know, people <laughs> really didn't even understand the rules. But from now – from 2012 to 2021, it's, it's taken a huge leaps and bounds. And so I'm really thankful to see that. No, that's great. Now, so you go from – playing and not and, and you've done a ton of work in, in the youth kind of development yeah. aspect of um of of football over there in Europe. Talk to us a little bit about your role over the past you know five, six years a, as a youth football coach. Yes. So this kind of I, I kind of start my experience in say 2015, 2014, 2015. So I was living in Naples, Italy, which is a small it's not a small, it's a city in the South of Italy. Um, and so I was playing there at the time and the second game of the season, I broke my arm, uh, my throwing arm. So obviously I wasn't able to play anymore. And so the team said, Hey Zach, you know, we want to keep you here. Cause they said, Hey, we have, you have two options. We could send you home or you could stay here and help coach. So I said, Hey, it's a beautiful city. I don't have anything else to do at home. Let me stay in and help coach. Yeah. And so that's kind of really when I started to, develop these skills as a coach and uh so i said wow i really enjoyed this i was an assistant coach for the team that year i helped the backup quarterback um with whatever he needed and then the next year um i started to play again however it was for a team in rome okay and at the same time i was offered uh a contract to coach a youth team in naples so i was playing in rome and coaching in naples so i would travel by train on the weekends, practice, play the game in Rome, then drive back or take the train back to Naples oh. and, you know, coach the team. And uh, <laughs> so I did that for two, for two years, two full years with this team. And, wow. you know, I really, yeah, and I really developed uh, a connection with, the, with these kids because at the time I saw them, when I, when I first got them, they were 14 years old. And then when I finished, they were kind of, you know, 17, 18, you know, turning that transformation you see. Yeah. And it was really cool to see that and be a part of that. And, um, you know, when I had to leave, it was obviously very emotional because I developed, a, you know, I, I was a mentor for these kids. I, they, they told me you're more like a big brother than a father. And I was like, thank you. Cause I'm not that, I'm not as, I'm not that old. 
to be called your, your father. But um, yeah, and so that really, and I still see those kids today. I try to go back once a year and we have like a little reunion. And, you know, we talk about, you know, where we're at in each other, where we're at in life. And it's just a great thing to have. And then after that, I said, wow, okay, my playing career is coming to an end. I really want to focus on, on this coaching thing and not necessarily coaching football, but I really, cause I honestly, I wasn't very interested in coaching adults because I didn't think that that was my, uh, you know, my purpose, because I, I really saw that the impact I can have on these kids yeah. by keeping my body in shape, because whether we want to believe it or not, you know, we judge people, especially young kids, they judge people on appearance at the start. Yeah. And so I always said, let me keep my appearance right, earn their respect. And from there, I can teach them the, the skills that I learned. And that's kind of the mentality I took. And I carried that over to Salzburg, where I am now. I've been there for three years. And I have the same relationship with with the kids there, um, and so it's just amazing to 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 touch so many young people's lives, and hopefully they carry that on in in their adulthood and and whatever comes. Now we're gonna jump in a minute over, and we're gonna dive dive pretty deep into Swiss Army leadership and learn more about that. Before we do. Um, you know, you, I think you've indirectly touched on this and maybe more directly in our pre-recording uh, call that we had last week. What is one lesson from your youth, high school, college, or professional football career that yeah. sticks with you to this day now as a retired football player? Yeah. What's one, yeah. like, one key lesson that you've taken from the game and have been able to apply to your you know, day-to-day living when you're not strapping the pads on anymore. Yeah, I would say definitely run towards adversity and step out of your comfort zone. So a lot of people, when adversity comes, they, they run away from it. We do that naturally. However, we don't realize that on the other side of that adversity is is our happiness and our destiny and our legacy. So for me, there've been times when I've hit adversity and I've kind of stepped back, but it wasn't until I said, you know what, I'm just going to run through this. Not, not literally, obviously, but just, <laughs> just, just stick, <laughs> just stick it out and, and make it happen and find a way. And so I would say when adversity comes, don't run away from it, embrace it and run towards it because on the other side of that, you will find um, your true purpose and your, and your happiness and your fulfillment. Love it. And the, the reward is always a hell of a lot greater when it comes after that adverse moment than when it comes from something that happens easier naturally to you for sure. Yes, absolutely. All right. So Swiss army leadership, we're a couple years in, we're, I would mm-hmm. say still in its infancy there. Yes. Talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, why you got into entrepreneurship and why Swiss Army leader you you introduced the concept right it's a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, a multi-use tool multi-function tool but get mm-hmm. get into a little bit of you know your why for uh, for starting this company sure so for me it was um, as far as entrepreneurship's concerned I was you know as you know uh, I live in Europe but my family's in the United States. And so I said, okay, I want to, that was kind of the first thing that kickstarted it was, okay, I want, I don't want to be, I don't want to be sitting at a desk and, you know, have a nine to five. I want to be able to go see my family when I want to go to Europe when I want, spend time here, spend time there. So that's kind of how that developed. Um, 
And my why behind the Swiss Army leadership was that I thought that, you know, growing up as an athlete and as a quarterback, a natural leadership position, that as I told you before, I was looking for another passion. And I knew that I was passionate about connecting with people because I knew when you connected with people that, you know, you would earn their respect. And I've always been the type of person, it's a fault, you can call it a fault, but I like, I want people to like me. Yeah. I want people to, to, you know, be drawn to me and want to be around me. And so that kind of got me kickstarted. Okay, how do I, because as the old adage goes, you can't make everyone like you. Not everyone's going to like you, yeah. which I believe is true. That's definitely true. However, the people you work with and the people you're leading, they have to respect you to, a, to, an, and a, to an extent and like you to an extent. So I said, okay, how is, there's got to be a way to connect with people, all people from all over the world. And so for me, what I realized is a lot of times when I was leading too, I was doing too much talking and not enough listening. And so I decided myself, okay, I'm just going to take a back seat a lot and, and listen. I'm going to take on this strategy of listening to people's stories, ask questions, not answer questions. And I realized when I was listening to these people, I found a lot of similarities that I can you know, relate to in my life. Um, and so that kind of got me started. Okay, so this is working. This listening is working. So how do we expand that? How do we expand that? So there's other tools that, that come into play. Um, for example, I read a book called The Culture Map. Um, and this book showed me that there is a way to connect with different cultures if you open your eyes and listen and observe. Yeah. And so that's what Swiss Army Leadership is all about. It's about observing, listening, and taking a back seat. But taking a back seat, it's just a temporary thing because when you take that back seat, you can learn your audience, learn your following, and then you can react accordingly on yeah. how they will, you know, how you lead them in the best way possible. Love it. That's great. Um, what are some of the, like the target audience, SWA mm -hmm. leadership? What, what is, are you aiming more for youths or is it, you know, are, are your services diverse for adults as well? Talk to us a little bit about yes, that. Zach. Definitely. So definitely youth. I mean, I, obviously I'm passionate about mentoring young people. So that's definitely a part of it. Mid-level managers as well. Um, because I feel like this concept not only applies to, you know, obviously my experience at this point has been mostly with, with young people and preteen and teenagers. Yeah. However, I've also uh, found that, you know, this strategy, it's, it's something we all can learn because just because we're, just because we're an adult, that doesn't mean that we've reached our pinnacle. You know, we always have to be, you know, learning, especially in the society we live into today with this, uh, you know, melting pot society, uh, you know, it's a global society and we have to understand from what I've seen, we're not doing a good enough job and understand taking the time to understand where each person comes from, yeah. how they were, how they were brought up. And I feel like that affects us in the workplace um, because we, we both handle, we all handle our, our jobs differently uh, based on how we were brought up, based on our beliefs, based on our language skills. So I would say that you know, this strategy, it's definitely not for everyone. And I say that because this strategy, it's not going to make you more money. It's not going to give you more success or more accolades. It's going to make you a, a, a more well-rounded person and some and a person that people want to, uh, want to be led by and a person that people want to follow. Uh, and 
and in the end, like I said before, with leaving your legacy, this is going to help you leave a legacy at the end of your life that can be brought on. So it's definitely not for everyone because I know how we all, we all know how most of the world works. Um, we're, we're caught up in the physical aspects, yeah. uh, accolades, money, and that's okay. That's not a problem. And I just have learned more that there's more to life through my experiences. And I just want to connect with people who want more for their lives as well. Wow. That's great. And t- tell us a little bit about, and again, you're still in it, it, SWA leadership is still in its early phase. Mm-hmm. What are some of the services, um, that you guys, that you, you offer or that you plan on offering in the future? Sure. So definitely, um, guest speaking, uh, I'm working on a couple projects now, um, with some high schools in Europe and also in the States in order to speak to, students, athletes, whatever, just based on my experiences and different keynote topics. Um, that's one thing. Also, just just teaching this small leadership strategy and kind of explaining what's in my book and seeing if this is something that businesses or schools want to implement and, and, and their business as well. Um, but I would say definitely right now we're focusing on the, the guest speaking aspect, um, you know, go getting getting well, obviously right now with COVID that's not possible but yeah. <laughs> hopefully when this is over <laughs> we yep. can get in and, and really and really start to you know connect with those to the young people and even those businesses and hopefully this is something that they realize is important as people uh and that there's more to life than just than just you know physical a- accolades and um people who just want to develop and appreciate the simple things and make an impact on others and have an impact on other people's lives. Love it. And our, now, so while you're you're getting this pro, this uh, the Swiss Army leadership off the ground, are you still into coaching as well? Are you still coaching? Yes. Oh, yes, I nice. still I still am coaching. I do it. You know, we have practice two times a week, so I still coach a, a under sixteen team in Salzburg, yep. and uh, so I, I definitely enjoy that. It keeps me grounded, and it keeps me motivated on 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 these other goals that I have for myself and and, and small leadership. Um, another project I forgot to mention, um, we're working on developing a nonprofit to go into uh, juvenile centers yep. to mentor these kids using the small leadership concept. And so that's something that's in the works and uh, we're, we're pretty uh, confident about the future of that in Europe. Um, and so that's so we have some things in the works right now, definitely, and we're excited about them. Um, however, we're hoping when this COVID gets over, we can get 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 started getting into these schools and talking to these kids and really uh, helping them as far as their leadership development. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm in the same boat there. I think you could do a lot with Zoom and some of the other technology out there, but it still falls a little bit short of that yes. in-person interaction That's and that true. person-to-person feel that you get in those types of events. Um, and, and again, listeners, if you're interested in learning more, the website is swaleadership.org. And again, I'll include this in the show notes as well and, and, and some social media handles to follow along. But uh, this is Zach Hoffman, the founder and CEO of Swiss Army Leadership. And he's on the Lead with Empower podcast. And even though he's a Pittsburgh guy, he's crushing it right now. We're not going to hold it <laughs> Real quick, Dan, if I can mention. Yeah, go for uh, it. About my, yeah, about my, uh, about my book, uh, whoever's interested, if they send me send me an, uh, an email or just write me a message on my Instagram account, 
or comment on anything, I'll send you a free digital copy, however you'd like, free download awesome. copy. Awesome. Yeah. So again, th that information will be in the show notes, but if you're interested in, in really diving deep into, you know, the why, why, why this company was started by Zach, um, we'll, we'll make sure you have his contact information so you can get in touch and he can, uh, he can share that information with you. It's very, that's awesome. That's, that's, uh, that's wonderful, Zach. And uh, you'll definitely get a couple takers, I think. So, Hey, we're on the, uh, we're on the home stretch right here. And this is, uh, I'm going to rapid fire some questions, the rules and they're, they're okay interpreted rules so feel free to break them if you see fit but quick question quick answer okay got you right. <laughs> try my best we're gonna start your uh an out of sport role model that you had as a child and why someone not related to sport tom, yeah tom hanks because I, I loved his movies and especially saving private ryan i i thought he was i just wanted to meet that guy in my life no. all right <laughs> have you had the chance yet or no no, I have not. All right. <laughs> if you're listening, Tom. <laughs> uh, favorite athlete growing up and why? Drew Brees, because he was short like me, a short quarterback. He was an inspiration. <laughs> love it. Love it. We joked, uh, and this is completely off topic, but uh, Zach's uh, five foot 10, 175, and, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, he got me by an inch. I was about 5'90, 180. <laughs> high school days and i don't know if hey, Drew was the around. i was more of a flutie guy flutie you know <laughs> oh flutie was another one i sure flutie was another one yeah absolutely Doug flutie. the hail flutie play that's right that's right um a memorable sport accomplishment for you personally and why most memorable sports yeah, accomplishment most why? memorable sports compliment yeah, this past this past year we won the the Austrian U16 championship with my team, and that was something. You know, as a young coach, that was a good accomplishment for me. Wonderful. Was there was there, uh, some festivities after the fact? Was it kind of a big deal in the community or what? Yeah, we got some newspaper articles, and you know, and we got some medals, trophies. So hey, it was nice for sure. There you go. It was it wasn't a Super Bowl parade, but it's, no, it's, it's... it wasn't a Super Bowl parade, but. You know, it, it was something, and that's all you can ask for. And that's and think about—I mean, the, these young athletes too—to have that experience. That's something that'll yes. stick with them forever. What were Absolutely. Uh, were you head head? Are you head coach like an OC? What's, yeah, what's your... I'm head coach OC uh, for this team, and um, yeah, so I, I definitely for me it was just you know as a young coach, you know, it was only my second year being a head coach, and so I was really you know proud of the my you know the staff, the kids. For, for what we were able to accomplish because the year before we had lost the championship oh. to the same team on the last play of the game. Oh. So th th yeah. So th this year we beat them probably by a lot. So it was nice. They got a little revenge. revenge. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. <laughs> no, it was good for sure. Are you a, uh, as an offensive coordinator, are you a, like a foot on the gas pedal? Let's, let's get after it. Like the old uh, fastest show on turf, or are you a grind it out, plot it out, heavy sets? What, yeah. are, what are we looking at here? Well, for me, for me, I was, it was a, it was a quarterback's dream, you know, all quarterbacks, <laughs> you want to throw the ball. And we had two amazing receivers and a quarterback, you could throw it deep. And so I would say 80% of our offense was get the ball and chuck it long to these yep. kids and let them go make a play. And so <laughs> it was fun to watch. Um, obviously, I like, you know, we have, if there's times when you got to run the ball, but being a quarterback, you know, it's, as often as we can throw it, I'm down for that. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, this one might require a little bit more thought here. In 10 years, Swiss Army leadership is dot, dot, dot. 
Mm. In 10 years, Swiss Army leadership is mm -hmm, inspiring people to become the best versions of themselves. Love it. Love it. Last but not least, based on your personal experiences in your life and your journey from the U.S. to overseas and playing football in different communities, advice or wisdom for an aspiring leader? Yes, so my advice for an aspiring leader is understand that, like we talked about before, the term leadership doesn't really have a, a strict definition, but it's important to understand the definition in your field and what you're doing. And leadership alone isn't enough. Effective leadership should be the goal. And effective leadership comes from connecting to your following on a personal level and understanding what is going to make them tick and what's going to help them respect you leader. And that's true effectiveness as a leader because I'm a strong believer that leadership by itself that can go either way. You know, there's, there's effective and ineffective leadership, but we have to focus on effective leadership. Um, and as far as that's concerned, like we talked about, lead yourself. And it's not, it's okay to follow. That's something that it's so easy to get lost. It's okay to be a follower yeah. because sometimes it's necessary to follow in order to get to where you want to be. So understand where you're at in your life and don't be naive about it. Don't be in denial because it's okay to not be ready to, to become a, a person in a leadership role. However, if it's something you aspire to do, take those steps that's going to be required and don't, and don't skip any because that goes back to what I said about adversity because adversity will come, go yeah. towards that adversity. Don't run from it. And you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. Love it. Love it. Well, Zach, man, this has been an absolute pleasure listeners. That was Zach Hoffman, the founder and CEO of Swiss Army Leadership, author of Finding the Good Life as a Swiss Army Leader. He leads with Empower, and just like his U16 team, just dropping <laughs> bombs, scoring points, That's crushing right. it, knocking <laughs> out of the park. Zach, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you. And uh, listeners, if you've taken, I mean, there's, there's a ton to digest here, but you know, the, the big thing I think to me that sticks out one is you either have, you have the choice, run away from the adversity or, or run towards it and try to take it on. And, you know, I would encourage you to do that option B run towards it, take it on. And I think even more importantly, and, and uh, we need this now more than ever do say that, which is going to bring people together not push people apart and two powerful messages amongst many others from Zach. Again, Zach Hoffman, he leads with Empower. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great rest of the week. Get out there, get after it, be safe. We'll see you next time. Great leadership may look and sound different. However, there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead. They do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them and they never take the easy way out because the exceptional will never come from easy.